All right, welcome back to the Canadian Gun Vault behind the vault door. I'm uh, coming to you live from the uh, <laughs> Toronto Sportsman Show, and I'm here with none other than the godfather of firearm rights movement here in Canada, Rod Giltaka. Rod, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm going to stick my hand out and shake right. it because, you know, it's truly an honor to meet you. Uh, i got to tell you, you've been an inspiration to me. Uh, certainly, I saw what you were doing a few years back, and uh, I certainly identified with it, and uh, I really uh, I really see a lot of value in what you've done, and uh, it, it had a big impact on what it is that I'm doing myself. Rod, uh, you know what, speaking to you now, uh, while I got you here, I'm going to ask you the question that's on a lot of people's minds. We've got upcoming uh, firearms legislation being you know, about to be dropped on us mm -hmm. and proposed. What, what, do you, what, do you think, what do you think is coming here? People keep asking me, and, and I don't have any straight answers because I don't think we've seen anything really concrete yet, but what, what do you think is coming? Well, uh, thanks for having me on, Mark. Yeah. I appreciate it, and I appreciate your support. Um, there's pretty much everything that the Liberals promised in their platform is supposed to happen. It's supposed to come out on Tuesday. There's a rumor floating around that it was Monday, but now it's it's back to Tuesday as our, as our information. And a, a lot of things are going to be a minor inconvenience for gun owners. And so those types of uh, measures are going to be, um, you have to verify a PAL if you're going to do a private transfer. Okay. Um, that's going to be a requirement. How they're going to implement that. Who only knows whether they're going to ask for another $10 million to have a call center where the people are there 24-7, who knows? Yeah. Uh, the ledger system is going to come back for stores, okay. so, um, and that's going to be a paper ledger. I don't know what the mechanism there is going to be either, whether that paper is supposed to be submitted every month or, or what have you. There's no, no answers coming there. Um, there's also rumor that uh, certain, a couple of certain firearms that went prohibited, then were legislated non-restricted, may end up prohibited again. Okay, we're talking about the Swiss Arms maybe in the 858? In the 858, we, we, we play in that game with the ping pong ball? Like, yeah. Yeah, okay, there's well, some that's, rumors of that? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a war apparently. Yeah. Uh, of ideologies, yes, um, because I'm I'm yet to and obviously those those firearms were were classified as prohibited, yes, because they were I'm doing air quotes now, yeah, um, <laughs> you know easily converted, but it's funny so they made them prohibited, but it's funny I, I I'm not aware that they've ever found a converted full auto CZ858 or Swiss Arms, which which pretty much says uh, there is no problem, but we need a solution obviously even for problems that aren't there. Yeah. And uh, and so I don't think they've ever found one. And besides, if somebody, and I've said this before, if somebody converted one of those rifles to full auto, it would already be prohibited. Yes. But anyway, I don't want to... Yeah, no, no, no. I don't want to blow the lid off these people's illusions, but uh, anyway. And the, the one, the worst one, is that they promised to make the RCMP um, formally responsible for firearm classification. And uh, the rumor floating around, I'll say the rumor, um, is that uh, that they're going to enshrine that in, in legislation. So what that means for gun owners is this is the darkest part of the whole thing. It's that if, if true, and we'll see on, uh, we'll see next week, if true, that would make the RCMP unstoppable in how they classify firearms, meaning that there's nobody in Canada that can override their decision once that decision is made. It's gonna be, they're gonna be legislated that authority. So the, um, if you want a, a quick scenario, what does that mean? It means that, um, let's say the Liberals got in again in, in uh, 2019 and the RCMP knew they had free reign for four years. They could say all semi-autos are prohibited. And of course that, would be, that wouldn't be good for them. It wouldn't be good for us. It wouldn't be good for the country. It would be bad all the way around. So that's that's some of the stuff that's coming. Yeah, you know, I I gotta echo some of your sentiments. Uh, I gotta tell you, probably the, the darkest. And I mean, that's the term that you use. Uh, 
the idea that they would be given free reign to classify anything they want, when they want, for whatever reason they want, without question and without any kind of legal recourse to kind of backpedal. Without accountability. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you, you can't really vote out the RCMP. I mean, it sounds to me like they might be passing the buck up uh, off and on to the RCMP uh, to leave them with that kind of authority. Like, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a firm supporter uh, of law enforcement. I always have been. I always will be. Yeah. I, I love the RCMP. Don't necessarily like the decisions that are made sometimes by the brass. And, and when I look at where the purse strings are, you know, the, the Liberal government's in charge right now. they got a majority government, and they certainly uh, have the ability to maybe press certain individuals within those communities to get what they want. Uh, I don't like the idea of them having the ability to classify anything they want. I think it's a back door uh, being left open, the, the uh, chicken coop door, as it were, being left open for uh, someone to change some people's lives in a dramatic way. It's really, it's really dangerous. Yes. And it is the antithesis of everything that we... We think is is uh, right and true in a functioning democracy, right? Like it undermines our entire system. It does you have, you know, and and if you don't own firearms, you probably can't understand. You're like, well, so they classify firearms, big deal. They're not making that's not making law, but it is because they can seriously impact somebody's life and they can create a. Um, oh, what 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 word would be good? They can create a situation, an environment where they can turn someone into a criminal for a stroke of a pen, but they can they can create a situation where they can um, they can actually pursue somebody, go after somebody. I, I don't like using hyperbolic terms, that's why I'm trying to be so careful, but let me, let me be hyperbolic just for a moment. You know, they can, yeah, they can decide, well, I'm gonna kick your door in, and I'm gonna take what you got, and if you don't give it up, you're gonna be facing, you know, uh, uh, different levels of force, yep. up to including imprisonment or death. Yeah. And, and you know maybe in a society that's necessary if you have criminals but you can't manufacture criminals like that and then use the government force i mean that's that's the police making laws and we we associate that with dictatorships so i don't want to put too fine a point on it or be like i say be too hyperbolic but i mean i can't i don't think i'm being I don't think I'm being inaccurate. No, I don't. I, I don't think you are. I, I think that uh, you know some people have accused me of perhaps sounding alarm bells unnecessarily at times. I see the potential dangers in it. I mean, I was a police officer for years, and I know that if you if you give just a little bit too much flexibility and authority to people, eventually uh, they'll start to bend the rules a little bit uh, to work right in their favor, or you know they'll do things the way they want. Uh, if they have the ability to recategorize these guns, I mean, like I look back back to the 90s, you know. A styrog being changed, and I know this is something that you know you uh, you and I talked about briefly uh, about a year ago. Styrog is is a wonderful firearm, and I've fired them, and I love them. They're great. Uh, they really are mechanically no different in their semi-automatic trim than say a Tavor rifle or a T97. Love bullpup designs. I think they're really nice. Uh, the ability to just suddenly take that one firearm and to push it into a category where people that owned it would no longer be able to realize its true value. They wouldn't be able to sell it, you know, the way they once did to a market that was much larger and to be able to realize, you know, the, the money that they spent on the gun. I mean, the inability to pass it down to people that, you know, you care about and love the way you would any other state property, you know, like, I, there's such a large impact that goes along with changing these rules in this way. And it is tantamount to, you know, law changing. I mean, anytime you get lawmakers, right, 
being in the same kind of room and part of the same force as law enforcers, you know, you can't have them be one and the same. And I know that that argument's been made, and I really want to see something done about that. Uh, like I said, I'm a, a firm supporter of the RCMP, but at the same time, I don't think that they can wear both hats. I don't think it's safe. I don't think it's uh, part of a democratic society, as, as, as you put it. And uh, you know what? I'm really excited to see what's going to happen here. And I, what would you suggest that the rank-and-file gun owner does to you know, perhaps help combat this outside of joining the CCFR, which, by the way, is a fantastic organization. Love what you're doing. I've uh, been watching that, it. Yeah. been watching it for a very long time. Right? Uh, like I said uh, when we started all this, right, you were definitely an inspiration for the Canadian Gun Vault. Uh, our, our philosophies, I believe, run parallel. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're in it for, I think, the same reasons. We love the firearms. We love mm -hmm. the firearm community. We want to see some changes done uh, you know, and made uh, that are going to be productive and, and, and good for everybody. Common sense solutions. Mm -hmm. right? you, uh, you, I think, coined that phrase you know, uh, many years ago. I, I love it. Right? It's fantastic. Uh, what would you suggest that firearm owners do you know, to do their part outside of joining your organization and, and ones like it, lobby groups like it? What would you suggest? Well, if they wanted to do a little bit more uh, than just join an organization, and, and, and joining an organization is really important because, and I've been saying this throughout the whole show to people, right? We want a lot of people doing just a little bit. We don't want we don't want the way it is now, which is a very small group of people doing everything, because that's not sustainable, right? We can't we can't you know like I can't go pedal to the metal, like I've been doing for two and a half years forever, right? I'm going to get worn out yep. and I'm and I'm done. And then there can't be a big gap sitting there, right? Like oh now there's nobody. Yeah. So we need a lot of people to do just a little bit, but we need to so try to get your fellow gun owners uh, to get involved at some level, whether they're supporting an organization or whatever. But the one thing that that people can do on their own time, and I. I mentioned this before, is you can launch your own grassroots advocacy campaign. You can go online, you can use the explainer videos that we've created. We have $100,000 worth of public relations material. Mm -hmm. Animated videos, never been done before, right? Because they're expensive and they take a lot of skill to, 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 uh, to create. Use them, get online, engage people. But there's a, there's a point behind this and it's very interesting because I had a discussion this morning about this very topic, is that People get online and they someone will engage them, like an anti-gunner, we'll call them that for, for now, right? Yeah. They'll they'll engage them and they'll go back and forth and back and forth and typing furiously and they're up till two in the morning and they and they don't convince that person. And they're like, I can't, you know, we're never gonna convince them. What you need to understand, and this requires some faith, is you need to understand that when you're having that exchange and you're just sticking to you're 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 very nice to them, you're killing them with kindness, hey, I understand why you feel that way, but I think it's incorrect and here's the information and you're being factual and you're being rational and reasonable, what happens is that one person you're arguing with, you're actually leveraging them because there's 200 people watching that conversation that have commented nothing and that's the silent majority. And they're seeing, they're going, yeah, this, I don't want to call them leftist, but you know that's it's there's a there's a stereotype there, there's a, a, a tendency there. But they're watching like, oh, the person that's on my team that doesn't like guns is being totally unreasonable, and the gun guy is the calm voice in the room. Yes. So those 200 people that you just converted, you'll never you'll never know that, you'll never see it. But you have to have faith that that's how it works. Pre pre presenting in a calm, composed fashion uh, has always been kind of the hallmark of, you know, what I've done. Certainly, it's been, uh, you know, your signature move. Uh, you've, you've always kind of delivered the message in a very, in a very digestible way, and it reached me and it touched me. It, it definitely uh, had an impact. 
you know, on, on what we're doing, and it certainly influenced me and, and a lot of decisions I've made. Rod, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to talk to us, and uh, certainly, if I ever get out to BC, I'm going to look you up, and uh, if you stay long enough in town, maybe we can get you shooting at the, one of our local gun ranges. We'd love to have you out. We'll see if we can make that happen. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again, and uh, everybody for listening. Right. Rod Giltaka, folks, uh, just an absolute pleasure. I can't, uh, can't believe I'm speaking to you, and definitely, uh, definitely looking forward to spending a little more time and engaging in a little bit more uh, productive conversation on the matter. Thank you, Mark. All right, take care now. All right.